All right, let's do this. We're going live in five, four, three. Welcome to HR Latte, your connection to all things HR. Today's great HR department is foundational for today's successful business. Listen in as host Rayanne Thorne gets personal with practitioners and technologists, experts and thought leaders who care about the world of human resources. And now for your next cup of talent management, whipped to perfection. Hey everybody, welcome to HR Latte. This is Rayanne Thorne. I am super jazzed about this show today and I actually held up my hands and did jazz hands. You'll understand why in just a moment. My guest today is Corey Reeder. He is the founder of Renaissance Man Productions out in Los Angeles. He's a writer, director, producer, founder, and I actually knew him as an actor. Hey, Corey, thanks for joining me today. Hey, Brian. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. I'm very happy to have you here on HR Latte. Tell us a little bit about what you're up to. Well, I am currently trying to catch up on some sleep because I did a pretty big event last week. Uh, it's called the Easter Shields Disability Film Challenge, which is a challenge that anybody can participate in, but the purpose of it is to cast or have some sort of prominent role, whether that be writer or director, people with disabilities in a short film that's made over the course of a weekend. And so on Thursday, they tell you what your genre is and they give you the theme. On Friday, we started shooting. Saturday, we shot. Sunday, we edited all night long. And this whole week has just been promote, promote, promote. And yeah, not much sleeping. That is, I mean, I had no idea it was that quick, uh, you know, the, the quick hit production effort. So that's, that's very exciting. One of the reasons, Corey, that I wanted to have you on HR Latte was the focus of the Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge. And you've been doing this for a couple of years. Yeah, this is my fifth year participating in it. I was uh, coaxed into participating by the creator of the event, Nick Novicki, who's a uh, actor and stand-up comedian here in Los Angeles. I actually cast him in another film that I was directing. And while we were spending time on set, he started telling me about this disability film challenge that he started. And he started educating me on the need for diversity of people with disabilities in television and film. And the statistic is that anything you watch on television, generally, there's only 2% representation of people with disabilities in any movie, TV show, heck, radio thing that you listen to. So that's, I mean, as far as you talk about our population, that's a pretty abysmal sort of turnout for representation, especially when the statistic is that 20% of the people in the United States have some form of a disability, whether that's a physical disability or a learning disability. So I think our ratios are a little bit off there. And the Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge is trying to level the playing field a little bit. Well, I watched your film that you submitted last year called Woke. It was brilliant. I loved every minute of it. I watched it again yesterday. And I know that the film that's coming out or is being released today is called I Can. And when you consider the effort, the time crunch, just the the, the total amount of resources that go into producing this five-minute film clip, and it's not little. I I want to retract that word as soon as it came out of my mouth. It is not a little effort. (laughs) Why why is it important for films like this to be made? Why is it important to have challenges like this? Well, the challenge is necessary simply because Hollywood and anybody that's making media 
isn't, it, they're sort of shunning people with disabilities and they're not allowing them to have their proper place in society that establishes them as equals and, uh, or at least, at least not even having to establish them as equals, at least acknowledging that they exist. That's the problem. So what's important about this is that we get together with people who have disabilities, we put them in front of the camera or put them in positions of power to make the films. For example, my film this year, I Can, I, for the first time in participating in the challenge, just produced. I did not direct. And I handed the directing reins over to my friend, Diana Elizabeth Jordan, who had cerebral palsy. And she did an amazing job. And so being able to give her an opportunity to do something like that, being able to showcase actors who have Down syndrome are somewhere on the autism spectrum, have other forms of learning disabilities, are blind, deaf, amputees, whatever their disability might be, putting them in a fun movie and being able to broadcast that to the world provides an opportunity for an audience to experience them in a way that they may not normally think of people with disabilities, whether that's comedic or talented or dramatic or skillful. I've seen people with disabilities be camera operators. Like I just said, Diana of my film this year is the director. She's also co-produced films of mine in the past for the challenge. So it's more about educating people that, hey, you don't have to be afraid to work with people with disabilities. We want to create an opportunity for exposure so they can be integrated the way that they always should have been in society from the get-go. So I I did not expect to become overwhelmed or emotional during this this conversation. But when you shared Diana, her directing efforts and the fact that she has cerebral or cerebral, um, said multiple different ways, palsy, my oldest brother growing up had cerebral palsy and um, it was a a condition very close to my heart because he was in my life for, um, I think I was 12 when he passed away. And we talked about this briefly, that the way society has not shunned, but kind of pushed those with disabilities or those that are handicapped to the side because there is this misunderstanding of what they actually are capable of. And so I thank you so much for handing the reins to her. I know as, a, as somebody who has directed so many films and productions, that must have been difficult for you to like let a baby go and <laughs> give uh, it to somebody else. <laughs> you know, I did have my own trial, especially <laughs> because I want to succeed. I want to do good work and I want the people around me to do good work. And that means that I am consistently trying my best to set other people up for success. And there were more than one time, probably (laughs) more than 10, that I had to stop myself from directing by proxy and let Diana have her own experience. And if that meant that she was going to make a mistake, she was going to make a mistake. And I had to let her make that mistake. Now, I'm spending a little bit of money on this thing. You know, everybody comes out and works on these for fun and for free. But, but not um, for example, not the the, yeah, yeah, well, that's kind of the, that's the rules for the competition is that everybody needs to, to volunteer. But there's always expenses. Like I buy food for everybody. We found this beautiful location up in Ojai. This, this 
great field of flowers that was on the property for this place called the uh, the Basant Hill School. And I got in touch with them. And let's see, Kristen Kashub was one of the or is one of the administrators there. She invited us up there to come and shoot. So that meant I had to rent a passenger van. So little little financial things like that to, to make things happen. So point being, you know, I'm spending some money on this. I don't want it to be a dud when it comes out. So there were a couple times that I would basically go over as a producer to Diana and be like, may I make a suggestion? <laughs> how about we do this? Or how about we get one more take in, with this sort of thing? Just to, just in case. And if, and there were a couple times where she said, no, I'm happy. And I said, all right. And I would step back. And, <laughs> and that was that. So, so it sounds like that was a big lesson for you. Were, were there any other lessons you learned participating in this challenge and past challenges? You know, you've been doing this for five years. It's a, it's a concentrated effort on your part, takes a big chunk out of a couple of weeks of your life and a lot of resources and time and angst go into producing even something as um, small or short as a, a five-minute film. What's the greatest thing you've learned participating in the Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge? The biggest thing I learned, I would say I learn something new every year. It's always a different experience because I'm always working with new cast or crew members with disabilities, and I have to be adaptable to accommodate my style of being a creator or a creative person with their cadence or pace of disability. And I'll give you an example. Two years ago, a short film that I wrote and directed for the challenge called Best Friend starred a young girl named Jatan Neal who has Down syndrome. And because of the pace, I wrote the, that screenplay on a Friday. We filmed it on Saturday. I handed it over to my editor who edited all night and we posted it online for the challenge on Sunday. Because of that pace and Jatan being the star of that film, it was difficult for her to memorize all of her lines. Sure. So one of the, this wouldn't be necessarily acceptable in Hollywood, but there were times where I was off camera and I was just like feeding her her line. You know, most actors would prefer the time to memorize and the time to be able Absolutely. to put in character and performance. You know, that's what that's what acting is. That's what people love about it, the, the creation of a character. But if you're dealing with an actor who hasn't had the proper time to prepare, and is, and Jatan, in this case, she had never been on camera before, never been in a movie. And so there was a lot of stress for her. So I had to maybe assert myself a little bit more as a director's position sort of, you know, spoon feed a few lines and some stuff she did was just magical and she did it on her own and some stuff I had to kind of coach her through. And that was something I had to learn about last year or two years ago. Every year I do this, you know, this year, my big lesson I think was as a producer and not being a director of having to take a breath and understand the pace of things that were going on. Because of my experience as a filmmaker, having been a producer, a director, an editor, a cinematographer, I mean, I've worn just about every hat you can wear in this business. When I step onto a set, I can envision the performance that I'm looking for. And while we're filming it, I can make mental edits to make sure that it's going to cut together. And also think about all of the post-production efforts that are going to have to go through. I'm, I'm thinking of a very broad spectrum of work that's going to have to happen. 
someone like Diana, who directed this year's film, she doesn't have the experience that I have. So she's looking with hyper-focus on the performances and trusting the cinematographer, as most everybody should, that the, right. the images are good, and trusting that the producer, myself, set everybody else up for success, which I think I did. But when we got into the editing bay, we had that, that's when a whole new can of worms kind of opened up. We had some issues there. So, yeah, that's one of those things. You can, you know, when you do any sort of production ran, like there's always like, there's always things that are going to come out of nowhere and kind of like surprise you or catch you off guard and you just have to learn to adjust. Well, we've been um, chatting with writer, director, producer, and founder of Renaissance Man Productions, Corey Reeder. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. HR Latte is brought to you by Never Enough Media. Tap into what makes your company different. The horizon of any business is lined with opportunity for growth, for change, and for success. Okay, everyone, and we're back. I am speaking today with Corey Reeder, who is the founder of Renaissance Man Productions. He has recently participated and produced a film for the Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge. Hey, Corey, tell us a little bit about that process, the whole process of this challenge. Yeah, so what the Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge is, is it's a weekend film challenge. And sometimes other events are very similar. They're called a film race. So it's basically a challenge to make a film over the course of a, a, a finite amount of time and then you submit it online. And for the Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge, they put all the films online. So anybody can watch them. If you go to the Easter Seals YouTube page, all of the films made this year and all of the films from previous years are posted there. Same thing with the Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge Facebook page. Everything is posted there. But this particular event, like I said before, it focuses on shining a spotlight on people with disabilities. Either they're going to be an actor in front of the camera or they should be a writer or a director or a producer of some sort because that's what it's about. It's about shining a spotlight on people with disabilities and and promoting inclusion. And the way that they work this year, for example, so we signed up a couple months ago and then on Wednesday of last week, they gave us the genre, which this year is sci-fi, science fiction, and they gave us some themes to work with, which are sort of like, it'll be like a one-sentence sort of tag of like an unexpected teacher, things like that. And then the last thing they give you are five locations. And you have to shoot in like one of the scenes has to take place in one of these five locations. And they're all usually very accessible, like a park, a living room, okay. a garage, you know, th- things that anybody would have, you know, this. This, the purpose of this is not to try and excite people in Hollywood that have access to like the Universal Studios backlot. The point of this whole thing is to get everyday people involved to be a part of it. So you can go make the movie in your garage or your backyard sure. or at your school or whatever. So they gave us that information on Wednesday. We started writing and concepting ideas right away. And then on Friday at 11 o'clock, they also threw another curveball at us where they list five props, like a balloon, a backpack, a spoon, things like that. And the purpose of them doing that last minute is so that those props have to be showcased within the movie as a way of proving that that movie was actually made over this oh, period of time. Okay. 
You know, part of it's some of these things have to happen just to keep people on it. You don't want somebody to go out a month before and, you know, be filming a world traveling movie and then post it and say like, oh, yeah, wink, wink, we just did that this right. weekend, you know. So we started filming on Friday and added our props in as they came in. And then, by the way, one of the things that I did is before this all happened, I was hoping for someplace, I, as a producer, I believe production value, a lot of it is what you see on screen. And sure. I wanted something really special. So I was thinking something post-apocalyptic, like a, a, a dirty, like garbage yard or like, you know, trash compactors and stuff or some sort of spaceship. And a friend of mine had told me about escape rooms. And that's like, have you ever heard of an escape room? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd never heard of them. So it's like a game that you play that's all decorated. So we found this escape room called 60 Out. It's over by USC. And it looks like a spaceship. And they said we could film there. So we knew when we were writing that we had a spaceship. And we knew we had this beautiful field of flowers up in Ojai. And then, before, so we had those things set in stone. And then the the genre comes out that it's sci-fi. And we were just like, woo that's a win. I mean, like. We got a freaking spaceship. Like, how much more science fiction can you get? That's so uh, so for Friday, we shot at the spaceship for four hours. And then Saturday, I loaded everybody up in that passenger van. And we went up to a beautiful field of flowers at the, the Song Hill School and filmed that. And then we drove home and handed the drive over to an editor. And he just started editing, editing, editing. Wow. And then we barely made the deadline. There were, <laughs> there as far as, the job of making a movie, I don't think I've ever stressed out in any of the years I've participated in this challenge as much as I did this year, just because of how difficult the post-production process was. So any, any project that you do, whether it's for, for work or home improvement or, you know, private, personal, fun time, there are certain expectations or desires for outcomes. When you participate in an event like this that has such an impact, on so many lives, on individuals that have never done anything like this before, or individuals that never hoped in their wildest dreams that they would be able to participate in something like this. Does that change the level of expectation or is, is, is it, does it become about the journey and less about the, you know, the destination, the final destination, the final product? How does that shift your thinking when you consider expectations? To the chagrin of many of the filmmakers who compete against me in the Disability Film Challenge, I do not change my expectations because I'm working with people who have disabilities. I want to put out the same quality of product that I would if I'm being hired to make a music video for Sony Records or RCA. If I'm working with rock bands like Corn or System of a Down, I'm bringing the same skill levels to the table. And I am just then handing the reins to that, in this case, to Diana to be able to direct to our wonderful cast of actors. The lead actress, Jennifer Bevins, also has cerebral palsy. You know, we had many people with learning disabilities and on the spectrum that were in it. And so we show up and we want to get performances out of them. You know, hopefully what we do turns out to be something that's good. There will be concessions, like in anything. One of the things that and, you know, there's often mistakes made when performing or, or creating something of this nature because you have such a finite amount of time. And like my dad used to say when I was a kid, haste makes waste. 
So, you know, if you get hasty and you're, and you're doing stuff, things are going to slip through the cracks and mistakes are going to be made. And, and that, when I get to step back and, and, you know, now the movies are online today. Anybody can go and see I Can on the, on the Easter Seals YouTube page. I watch the movie and I see mistakes, but I also know why those mistakes are there. And that's when I start to reminisce about the journey. Right. That's because I don't, nobody who watches that movie is going to know how close we came to not even getting it into the <laughs> festival this year. I mean, you know, I'm going to have to have my wife sit down and count the gray hairs this film <laughs> gave me because if, if we were, I, there's a picture that I took as I was texting Nick, the creator of the event, and I was just conceding. I was like, we're not going to do it. We're not going to make it. And I texted him a picture of myself and I was crying. Oh. I was like, I'm sorry, man. Like this, I'm, I'm going to fail this year. And I take that responsibility on myself. I don't put that on anybody else, but it, it is. And I don't say that because it's, I don't put myself in any level of importance. We are a team when we go into this and it's a group effort. And that was part of, you know, we had, we had spoken before about a phone call that Diana shared with me today. And that was part of the sentiment that she was sharing with me is that she just said, you know, I'm so proud of this film, Corey, and I'm so proud of the opportunity that I had to be able to direct it. She's like, you need to know that you changed lives this weekend, that I've always wanted to be able to do this. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for the opportunity. And everybody that starred in that film, a lot of them are clients of Diana. Diana works at a place called Performing Arts Studio West in Inglewood that helps train people with disabilities to work in entertainment. And so a lot of our cast came from there. And she said, all of them, she's like, they are all floating today. They are walking on air. And I just, you know, I mean, who needs money? Who needs money when you get that? You know, I mean, like, I mean, actually, I got to pay the rent, but you know, I mean, I'm just, it's the reason why I come back every year, why I push myself more and why I give opportunities for more responsibilities to be taken by people with disabilities because they deserve every right that I do to be able to show the world how talented they are. Well, it's it's an honor, I must say, to be able to speak with you and to highlight the individuals that worked on this film with you. I know, I know you shared with all of us, Diana Elizabeth Jordan, who directed your lead actress, Jennifer Bevins, is that correct? Jennifer uh, Bevins, that's correct. Araceliya Villa, Jatan Neal, Zuli Johnson, Patrick Story, Delvin Williams, Catherine Hegarty, all with disabilities and all participating in this event. Um, cerebral palsy, developmental disabilities, Down syndrome, autism. What an honor, Corey, to chat with you. Now, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show as I was excited for your your latest project and I had, been, I had watched last year's film and wanted to know more about this, it came into my head how important diversity and inclusion has become for the industry in which I work, human resources, HR technology, removing bias, you know, working with to for inclusion is so important when hiring and also in promoting and also making individuals in the workplace feel like they are welcome, that they are valued, that their work is appreciated. How can films like yours have an impact on HR today and the um, DNI or diversity and inclusion movement that really is having an impact on all employers today. What can HR take from your film? I think anybody that takes 
an afternoon to sit down and watch some of these movies will be impacted. They will find the little uh, burrs and thorns of prejudice that I think just about everybody on the planet in one way or another carry, and they can start to file them down because what they are doing is they are exposing themselves to how talented these people can really be. So by making yourself aware of things that you might prejudge about people with disabilities, you will then become more open to the potential of hiring people with disabilities, I think. That's what I hope. That's what we're trying to do with the challenge, is get Hollywood to hire and cast more people with disabilities. So a big part of it is exposure. The next part of it, once you feel like that you can be comfortable understanding, for example, that talking to somebody with cerebral palsy, you might need to slow down a bit. Or, and I don't mean I need to slow down the way that I talk. For example, when I talk to Diana, I just talk the way I talk. But Diana has a bit of a slower cadence than I do. So I need to calm down, Corey, <laughs> myself, right. and listen to what she has to say and give her the time and not grow impatient, not be short or sarcastic, and definitely don't be insulting. And in doing so, you build a working relationship with another human being the way that anybody would want to have within their work environment. And so just like you might have that one coworker that's a grump, they're just a grump. They're good at their job. They're grumpy. Some people call him an asshole, whatever, but he does great work. So you deal with it. It's the same thing. Someone might have a bit of a speech impediment. You deal with it. You know, do you have a job that you know, answering phones, you don't need eyesight for that. You could hire a blind person to do that. You know, like thinking outside of the box and thinking about being able to give opportunities to people with disabilities, it's not that hard of a point of entry. What is difficult is getting over our own preconceptions that it is difficult. And that's a lesson we all have to personally learn. Well, and it's it's a beautiful lesson. And when you open your world up, I mean, we know this from past experiences. When you open your world up a little bit more, your, your world gets bigger and fuller and more beautiful. So I really appreciate your work and your volunteerism, your donations <laughs> that you have done year, year over year for this event. Any surprises in filming other than the absolute total uh, meltdown you almost had and <laughs> wanted to? Yeah. You know, I just had... <laughs> I had a surprise happen literally yesterday when I was rewatching the film and my heart sunk and I realized I hadn't given credit in the film to my wife who works with me every year. And I was like, oh my God, at the end credits, my wife's not there. And I called her and I apologized and she said, it's okay. You know, it's all right. It's not that big a deal. And then I went back and I looked at it again and I realized our editor is credited, Alexander Tovar, who edited, and our casting director isn't in there either. And I was like, Anya Koloff, who, who, who brought, she, she found us this guy named Mather Zickel, who's a professional actor. He's been on a, a, a ton of TV shows. Anya found this guy for us and brought him in. So he, he plays Dr. Smith at the end of the movie. Yes, yes. And he's just this wonderful cat of a character where he comes in and 
he starts off as this mean, gruff person, and he and he gets in our little actress's face, and he's like so overbearing. And so, if it wasn't for Anya, we wouldn't have had Mather. And and what I realized is there's an entire title card or credit card that missed being oh. imported at the end of the movie because we were just throwing everything onto the right, editing right, right. timeline and trying to get it exported because literally I'm watching us go like 10, 9, 8, 7, <laughs> and just freaking out. So on accident, I we forgot to put in the title card that gave credit mm-hmm. to my wife, Allison Gray, Anya, our casting director, and and the, sadly, the guy that was putting the title cards in, Alexander, mm-hmm. our editor, it was that, that his name got left off too. It slipped through the cracks. So that's one of those things where, you know, I, I go back to my dad saying haste makes waste and, yep. and things like that. But, yep. you know, I understand it when you're working on a deadline, you just got to turn it in. And, well, we'll, uh, we'll list the good news is on the bio for this podcast too. So their names will be on print somewhere. <laughs> wonderful. I appreciate that. Yeah. I'll make sure they get up on IMDb too. So everybody will be credited. It's just in this particular version of the film for the challenge it won't be there but hopefully this film is good enough to go on to other film festivals there's a lot of other disabilities film festivals across the country and across the world and so we plan on submitting it to those festivals and when we put it up there we're going to fix some of the things that we weren't able to do when we were in such a rushed position and we're going to put a little polish on it and maybe some new sound effects and it'll be a, a much nicer nicer cleaner film after we've been able to spend some time with it that, and not have to just throw it up online after 55 hours. Well, that's great. And we'll, we'll share everything out to our social channels. Now, remind the audience, the film is released today. Is that correct? It will be released today. On... That's right. Okay. So by the it time... Is released, it, yeah, it's, it's released today. You can see it on the Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge YouTube page. So just Search Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge. It'll come up there. The title of the film is I Can. It will also be on their Facebook page for the Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge. Or if everybody wants to make it really, really easy on themselves, I have put it at the top of my personal website, which is coreyreader.com. When you go there, it's just going to be the first thing you see. So That's wonderful, Corey. And for any of our listeners that may want to reach out to you to learn more about how you were able to include individuals with disabilities in in this project and maybe ideas for future or any type of corporate films or settings that you might be able to help them with, how could they reach out to you? Just directly through your website? Yeah, sure. You can go straight to coreyreader.com. My last name is spelled R-E-E-D as in David, E-R. Or you can go to my company page, which is Film. Dot com for that's for Renaissance Man Productions. And you go there and there's uh, contact information there. You can see other examples of my work, some of the music videos that I've produced and directed, some of the corporate work that I've done. The personal page is more, you know, it's my own personal work. It's a little bit more arty. You know, I keep the company page cleaner because, you know, <laughs> you want to look nice for the business folks. Sure, sure. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I would love to follow up with you in the future and a best of luck. I know that this is actually a challenge, meaning there is a winner that's selected every year. 
So do you know how the winners are selected? Is there, are there judges? Is it a voting thing? How do they select the winners? There, yeah, so there's there are judges. They're reviewing all of the films as we speak, and they will award three prizes. They will, will, they will nominate a Best Directing Award. So go, Diana. Woo-hoo. Go, Diana. They will, <laughs> they will nominate a Best Actor Award. So that's male or female, whoever is the best actor with a disability in the film. And then they will nominate a Best Film Award. And so hopefully we get nominated for that. God, it'd be great if we got nominated for all three. But your listeners can also help because the fourth award is an audience awareness award. And that basically means the more likes, comments, shares of the films that we get, so basically spreading the awareness of the challenge and our film, the, the film that gets the most attention will then get the audience awareness award. So that is something that is directly in the hands of all of your listeners, Jan. Perfect. Well, we'll we'll push our efforts out. And how long is the voting process, the judging process? It goes on for 10 days. Perfect. So from today until the 27th. All right. Till the 22nd of April. Well, we're very happy to have you here. And Corey, best of luck in all things. And I'm sure we're going to connect later on this. I would love to learn more. Thanks much. I appreciate it. Have a wonderful one. All right. Thanks, folks. Let's stay tuned for new HR Latte episodes coming up. <laughs>